Okay, so we are here at the Governor's Conference on Tourism and Hospitality. I'm your host, Chris McAdoo, and this is Best Behavior Creative Club. I'm super stoked. We're talking with Kim Davis from the birthplace of country music in Bristol, Tennessee, slash Virginia. Kim, if you want to give the give the good people out there an interview or <laughs> give them a little bit about who you are. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here talking to you guys. Uh, I am from the Birthplace of Country Music Organization, and if you don't know what that is or never heard of that, we are located in Bristol, Tennessee, Virginia, and we celebrate kind of the roots music of country music. Mm -hmm. There were some recordings that happened in 1927 that became known as the 1927 Bristol Sessions um, that really spurred what historians call the birth of country music for three different reasons, and we really celebrate that we have a Smithsonian Museum affiliated museum called the birthplace of country music museum we also have a music festival called uh -huh. Bristol rhythm and roots reunion yes. that welcomes about 50,000 people to downtown uh, Bristol every year every September and then we also have a radio station called radio Bristol so it's it's a very it's a fun fun place to work oh, oh I, I, and I forgot Brad's sitting over here to my right well, hello I have a microphone now Yes, Brad Carpenter. <laughs> I didn't have a microphone earlier, so I was just in the background just yeah, like he's yelling. Yeah, just sitting over here. But now I have a mic, so I can, I can chime in. Okay, Kim, with the birthplace of country music, a lot of the things that we're going to talk to people about today and the things that I'm kind of excited about learning is not just what you guys are, are doing, but what brought you there. Like, what's your motivation for that music? I mean, do you have a passion for the music? What, what brought that to you, and how do you live that every day? Well, Bristol is my hometown. Okay. Uh, I grew up uh, in Bristol and absolutely love seeing our city thrive and grow, and it's so much fun to be a part of. Uh, I have always known I wanted to do marketing and PR, probably since like I was like 14 or 15 years old. I knew I wanted to do oh. it. I went to the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. Uh, studied communications. Go Vols! And yes, go Vols. And I'm still, like, my heart, still, my blood runs orange. And um, I moved to D.C. Uh, and worked in uh, on Capitol Hill for a little bit. And then I ended up selling in Knoxville for about 10 years. And uh, that's when, we, when I got into the tourism industry, got into the events industry. And then my husband and I had an opportunity to go home about five years ago okay. to move home, to be with our families. Both of our families are from there. And so the Birthplace of Country Music Museum had just opened, like just a couple months before. And so I joined that team. And um, it is just... It is such a dream to be able to do so many of the projects that we are part of, to be able to tell Tennessee and Virginia's music history, to be part of like such a bigger story than just Bristol, but then being able to dig deep into the roots of Bristol and tell that story on a level and not just talk about you know, the father of country music, Jimmy Rogers, or the first family of country music, the Carter family, but to be able to talk about some of the other artists that are on the Bristol Sessions. They were, there were 78 recording, songs mm -hmm. recorded and 19 artists uh, that were recorded on there. So we can talk about those stories. And I think one of the coolest things that I've experienced is when you have the descendants from all of these families coming in, I mean, all of the families coming in, and now they get to hear of a story of their grandparent or great-grandparent 
because they're not famous. Their songs did not, maybe not, didn't make it as big, but it is a piece of them to be able to hold on to say, like, my grandfather recorded on this, and, you know, and there's there's history of that, and now you're kind of, you're showcasing that, and just that proud moment that they have has been one of the greatest uh, probably experiences. We celebrated the 90th anniversary of the Bristol Sessions about two or three years ago. Uh-huh. So we had all the descendants come back in and we had like a whole day. And it was just, it was really cool. It was like a big family reunion, right. but it was like, many, it was the many, sessions. How many people were talking about? How big it was, was probably it? about 60 or so people that came. Okay. Wow. But, you know, and the, you know, we're still, uh, with the museum still being so young, we're still making a lot of those connections. So, yeah, it's it's wow. really neat. So that was really, a really, when you see that, you know that what you're doing is so much bigger than just, you know, having a museum. When you see the transformation in downtown Bristol and you know the museum was part of the key that revitalized it, you know, since the museum museums open uh, we've had three hotels being built uh, in downtown Bristol within like just blocks of each other and and it's just it's really neat one's open and two are getting ready to open and just the restaurants and the shopping and everything and all that revitalization that for me being a hometown girl is like more more than gold you know it's just really really love to see your community your people you want you want to see that your tribe grow and get better Yes, absolutely. But for, for a little bit of, of background information for everybody for the Bristol sessions, Ralph Peer traveled to Bristol, uh, Bristol, Tennessee slash Bristol, Virginia in August of 1927 and recorded what would essentially become the foundation of what would become country music and, and so I mean and so much more. Um, and I say this because my son, my oldest son, is named Carter after the Carter family. So I like country music. Well, both kinds, country and Western. Right. But (laughs) new country and old country, (laughs) Western Americana, bluegrass. How many genres do you want to talk about? (laughs) But I think that it's 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 such a neat thing for Tennessee and and places like places like Bristol, things that you guys are doing to embrace that culture, to embrace that artistic music and art. People that put their heart and soul into things. How do you feel? Like right now, do you feel like the community is responding? You're seeing the growth and all that. What do you? How do you feel like the community is responding to you guys? Like, you, do you hear good things? You know what's going on? We hear great things, and I really see us as a driver for not just Bristol but our entire region. We work with all of the cities that are surrounding us. You know that that really want to work with us, want to partner with us to help tell that entire story. And so we really take that seriously and being able to be a great partner with our with our local and regional community. When I mean region, like it's like a big old region and a state. There's the Ken Burns documentary that's coming yep. out. And we've been working with that team for about six years now, the Florentine Films team. But then, you know, then you start working within your state and then you start working within the region and you start working within the cities to really kind of capture that. But we have tremendous support support and I think the really cool thing that we've seen year after year is we're seeing like 20 and 30 percent growth every year on like uh, motor coach traffic just motor coach traffic coming into the museum uh, has just I mean pretty much what we did last year the whole year we met that goal by June of this year so in like in six months and so it's really exciting that not only our locals are coming out 
but also we're getting that reach. We have a ton of international traffic. I call Fridays and Saturdays international days. I don't know why those days, but pretty much almost every day we have an international visitor to the museum, but there will be multiple countries in there on the weekends, you know, folks like groups of people uh, in the museum that just want it, you know, want, want to learn more about that, that, who that is. And I think it's because country music and bluegrass and all the genres that spawn off country music are so popular around the world. Right. Uh, it's not just your new country, but it, you know, it is your Western, it is your, you know, old school country or your <laughs> traditional old time folk, Americana bluegrass. Those, you know, bluegrass is used in Japan. So we get a ton of J people from J Japan trying to visit us. Well, that's so cool that our, you, you, you think about like uh, the front porch picking, you know, that everybody's grandpa did. And I, mm -hmm. I, I, I do a little front porch picking whenever I can. And you, it's such a cool thing to like be able to step into a room with somebody that may not speak the same language. They may not know anything about you. They may not know anything about your culture, anything like that. But you can come in, you can pick up an instrument and immediately you can talk. Mm -hmm. It's great. And I think that's what, you know, what I love about our region, our Appalachian region, is that it's that community, it's that front porch, back porch, that you know, that that nighttime picking, you know, rocking chairs on the you know front porch, yeah. that family time, that community time, and I feel like that is something that was captured. It's captured in the museum for that time, the 1920s. But so many people can still relate to that today. You know, they 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 want that. They want that connection, and I think that makes our whole region as a whole, just really important. Well, I think that connection to, especially when it comes to culture and music, things like that, it comes to that authentic creation, mm -hmm. right? Like the, 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 the music that came, the music that would inform the, uh, the, the, the sessions in, in 1927, a lot of it is even from Ireland. Mm -hmm. It's from the way back machine. It's people from the mountains over the ocean <laughs> that brought it to the mountains here. Right. And... I just, I love that it can be cross-generational. It can be so relevant to so many people. Speaking of music, we are on the heels of, let's see, it's uh, September 5th, so in just a couple of weeks. This pod, this may be out by then, but if it's not, we're a couple of weeks out from Bristol Rhythm, um, Bristol Rhythm and Roots. Yes. Which, tell us a little bit about, like, when that started and what it's about, the, the R Bristol Rhythm and Roots Festival. Right, so let me give you a little bit of a history background of the whole organization that might really help. So back in the early 90s, the Birthplace of Country Music Alliance was an organization that was put together with the sole po purpose of getting the U.S. Congress to designate Bristol as the official birthplace of country music, and they did that in 1998. The state of Tennessee had already done it. The state of Virginia had already voted that. They brought that together, put that bill out. It, it became that. So that happened in 1998. And then they just said, okay, we need to build a cultural center. We need to build a building, and they start working on that. Well, at the same time, Bristol had always been known for special events and music events or just racing events, different things like that. But nothing really ever grew past the local community. And there was a group of people that got together and said, you know, now that we are the official birthplace of country music, we've known this, but now we're official, we need to start a music festival. And so there was a core group of individuals that started Bristol Rhythm and Roots Reunion in 2001. So we're 19 years old this year. Probably about 5,000 people came to the first festival from our region, uh, from our community, and there was uh, six stages. And so today, fast forward over that 19 years, um, you know, now we're at 1920 stages, 50,000 people, and it continues to grow. 
So the festival really, really took off in about year five and six and uh -huh. just, you know, all of a sudden hit that 25,000 mark and uh, many people coming in, the more stages that were added and added. And so in 2012, Bristol Rhythm and Roots and the Birthplace of Country Music Alliance merged to make the Birthplace of Country Music an organization. And so one of the ladies that started Rhythm and Roots, Leah Ross, was named the director of the Birthplace of Country Music and she's still our director. So it's really neat because she was she was like the operations person on that first festival and she's still, you know, running it and still that backbone of that, along with our entire community. And what I love about Bristol Rhythm and Roots, what I think is just it took me a little bit being in this position to really appreciate it, is you have our staff. Got our staff about 15, 20 people. And and we kind of, you know, do the day-to-day -day activities. But we also have a festival community. Uh, committee. You've got chairs and then you've got all of their folks that are on each of their committees. There's 15 committees. And really it's that group of about 100 individuals total with mm. everybody on all these committees that really drive that festival, that really help move it forward, that help make it happen. And I think Bristol Rhythm and Roots, the reason it's so successful and so sustainable is it's driven by the community with our staff support to keep it, you know, throughout day to day. It's not just a BCM staff event. It is a Bristol community. If you're on that team, you're part of that team making it successful. And I used to be like, man, I wish staff could make a decision about this or I wish we could make a decision about that. And now I'm like, no, I appreciate it so much that we have this core group of people who volunteer wow. countless hundreds of hours of their time to make it successful. And they want to know, they want to be part of it. Yeah. And that, that's just part of how they give back to their community and how proud they are of the festival. I think that's what keeps it sustainable. And I think that's what keeps the culture. If you've never been to Bristol Rhythm Roots, I encourage you to come. It's not like any other music festival I've ever been a part of. Just the, the culture and the atmosphere is just, it's just electric and it's laid back at the same time. And it's just, there's so much going on and you gotta go see so many people, but it's so laid back and everybody's just having a great time. And it's a reunion. Like it is a reunion. People plan year after year and coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next year's our 20th year and we're planning a pretty big year for that. A pretty big reunion for say. So we're excited about this year. We're ready to go for this year, but we are really excited for next year in 2020. If you haven't heard, we're kicking off race week in Bristol with a music festival. So we're yes. going to be the second weekend in September in 2020. And the following weekend, we're going to be having some not racing and some playoff racing at Bristol. So we are really excited to be working again with the Bristol Motor Speedway team. We, yep. Our teams work great together, being able to kick off a music festival and all of a sudden show our roots music to all these racing fans. We're excited about that. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So what I hear... You, 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 like your your eyes light up. Admittedly, like you get you get all excited when you're talking about that community and like real authentic. Everybody's in this together. Partnerships, mm -hmm. right? I guess yeah. Talk to me a little bit about like you guys are working with Bristol Motor Speedway. You're gonna do some stuff. Talk to me a little bit about rising. The rising tide raises all boats. I was just thinking that. I was just gonna say that. <laughs> you took my line. It truly does. We try to be as inclusive as we can when we're working with people and not exclusive. It's not just about us. It is about our entire community, our entire region. We really look for those strategic partnerships. We really look for that. You know, we try to figure out ways that we can, 
you know, work with different folks. Like we work with not only in Bristol, the city of Bristol, but we, we work with the folks in Kingsport and in Johnson City with people in Abingdon. And then we work with a lot of, you know, larger organ like larger cities, larger metropolitan areas as well. And it really does. You know, I feel like that has been the core of who we are as an organization is just having those partnerships and, you know, and working with different companies and organizations to kind of help us move that forward. But I really, it is truly the core of who we are. That is amazing. Well, I think we have covered a lot of ground with Kim. I want to know, maybe we can end it on like an awesome story about the festival or like the coolest thing that's happened to you or something at the festival. Oh, yeah. So this will be my sixth festival that I've done. And last year, we were able to get Old Crow Medicine Show. We've been going after them several years, and we were able to get Old Crow Medicine Show. And a local band, Folk Soul Revival, Mm -hmm. uh, played before them. And I had just, last year we were part of, and we are this year too, we were part of a music festival in the United Kingdom, in the UK, above London. There was a, a brand new country music festival there called The Long Road. And we went over there to kind of help launch that and be part of that whole launch of that music festival over there. So we took Folk Soul with us. So you know, I'd been traveling with these guys for like a week before. With the, the, and we literally went the week before Bristol Rhythm and Roots. So I was on stage and I was listening to their set at Rhythm and Roots. So they were playing. And then we were kind of helping with the MCs and things for Old Crow. Because, you know, the, the, the crowd was literally, it was on State Street. And it was literally like two blocks deep, blocks deep. Like, wow. I couldn't see the back of the crowd, okay, from the stage. And I had told the person I was with, I was like, I'm going to stay for, like, the first song, get this going, and I'm going to head out and, you know, do something, do what else I need to do. And so I turn around to leave, and, like, there's no way to get out. <laughs> there's no way. So I'm, like, side stage, me and the, the sound guy, uh, my boss, Leah, we're sitting there and we sat there for an hour and a half and people knowing every single song and listening and this the energy they had. Wow. And it was just, and you saw people just really just having the time of their lives or really enjoying it. And I'm like, this is why we do what we do. Yes. You know, this is why, and I love just even walking around, answer your question a little bit more. I love walking around Rhythm and Roots and just watching people just sit with their families, you know, take, just slow down a bit and listen to their families and do those things. And I think that's just what makes it so special. Yep. It's just that time that we a lot of times don't get just to kind of just enjoy ourselves. And it's just, it's really neat to be able to provide that type of experience. It's worth everything. That is a wonderful way to, to, to wrap this up. Kim, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. And a lot, a lot to take from this is valuing that real experience mm-hmm. and 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 making sure that you try to provide you provide the vessel for that experience to happen for people mm-hmm. right for families for music for whatever that is and being able to being able to do that kim where can folks learn about bristol and rhythm roots and all that give us a couple websites so go to our website at birthplaceofcountrymusic.org uh you can get to the festival you can get to the museum you can get those things but you know it's it's so true when you're talking about like trying to provide that experience people are going to have the time of their lives i don't care if it's at the museum or at the festival or anything we do you know just being able to having that welcoming atmosphere and having that friendly atmosphere and just wanting to people to enjoy it it's, it's a lot of fun I love it. Thank you so much, Kim Davis. Thank you.